I just want to start off. Let's uh, just tell us a little bit uh, who you are. What's what's kind of your background? Uh, where are you from? All right. So, so Ryan Evans. I'm the owner of Evans Hairstyle and College with my wife. Um, as far as background goes, um, so born in Utah. I uh, lived in. Utah till I was 12, pretty normal childhood up to that point. Um, at 12 years old, uh, my dad at the time ran a hairstyling college in Orem. Uh -huh. um, we sold that to my aunt and we moved to Island Park, Idaho, um, about a half hour outside of Yellowstone, um, middle of absolute nowhere, had to travel about an hour on a school bus straight to the school. Oh so, my gosh, that must have been um, a big change for you in your that life. Was, that was a pretty significant change, definitely. Um, about 200 people live there year round. And um, we bought a resort. So... Um, that was when you sold the college. Yeah, so we went into, my parents went into a partnership um, with another guy. Um, we, we bought a resort and sometimes you hear the word resort and you think big luxurious and that is definitely not what we bought. <laughs> um, so Max Inn, uh, the resort is called Max Inn. Uh -huh. um, it used to be a whole bunch of old cabins. Now there's a big hotel, Marriott Hotel there. Um, but it used to be, um, uh, well, we had 76 units. So some waterfront units, log cabins. Um, most of the cabins were built, were built in like 1915 type idea. So lots of maintenance, lots of repair. Um, bought a, res uh, a restaurant. Um, so we ran a restaurant for the first time ever too. Um, started a dinner theater. Um, and my sisters all acted in it. I ran lights and sound for it. Um, we had an RV park. Uh, about another 80 RV spaces and and just kind of at 12 years old life shifted to a business mindset instead of a childhood mindset right. so um, my nearest friends lived about an hour away um, couldn't drive nothing to do during the summer but work right um, in fact uh, I didn't even realize I had a job until I went home for lunch one day and sat down, started watching TV, and I got a phone call from my dad at the house about an hour and a half later saying, where are you? <laughs> and I told him I was watching TV and he said, get your butt back to work. <laughs> um, and, uh, and that was, I think, the first moment when I realized like the responsibility thing, right? Um, and, and that was a big awakening for a 12 year old, probably sooner than a lot of people have something like that, but, uh, turned into the greatest foundation of, of if you want something done, do it type situation and mindset that, that I could ever ask for. Um, you know, uh, 12 years old, dad put me in the truck and said, drive. And I said, how? And he said, just do it. And, and there was a cabin strapped to the back. And we rolled a cabin down the road, right? And uh, first time I got into electrical, I was 13, and Dad said, rewire this cabin. And I said, how? And he said, figure it out. And, and 
and I got shocked a few times, <laughs> and and uh, we figured it out, right? Um, and and anything and everything that needed to be done kind of worked that way. I, you know, it was a lot of problem solving, a lot of fixing. Um, by the time I was 16, uh, my standard schedule turned into I would wait tables from seven in the morning until three in the afternoon. Um, I'd get an hour lunch break or break. At four, I would go back to work and do maintenance on the cabins in RV park for until 6.30. And then at 6.30, the dinner show would start. Um, so I would run lights and sound from 6.30 to 10. And if it was a Friday or Saturday, we'd run dances in the dinner theater for all the tourists. And I would bounce dances or DJ until midnight. And then the next day we'd wake up and start again. And uh, um, it turned into some pretty amazing paychecks as a teenager, but uh, just very much a, a work background figured out situation. And, and, and sometimes that's good, sometimes it's bad because um, my default now is when I get stressed, I just hammer harder, right? And, and there's a way to finish it, there's a way to complete it. Um, I just, sometimes it's hard to delegate when you have that mindset right. and that, that's probably one of my biggest weaknesses to be honest in, in a business setting but, but I became very self-taught entrepreneur mindset pretty early in life and, and I ran from there served in LDS mission um, served in South America on the very southern tip of Chile um, uh, pretty remote areas, everything from from super sunshine to penguins. Um, in fact, one area I showed up and there were flamingos there and a week later they left and a week and a half after that the penguins showed up and then it got real cold. Um, but uh, amazing two years, best two years up to that point. Um, and then life just gets better. I got home. Um, I, I, I did meet my sweetheart before I left on my mission. And she wrote me my whole mission. I oh, wrote okay. her half my mission. Um, I was busy. <laughs> and uh, um, while she was attending BYU Provo, I was on my mission. And, and I got home. Um, Things worked out really well. We were engaged within two months of me getting home. Um, married within five months of me getting home. And, um, you know, just uh, chased money. Saw each other less than after we got married than before we got married. Um, trying to make ends meet. And, and uh, Were you both working? Or? We were both working. So, so she'd actually, she'd go to school um, about... 8, 8.30 in the morning, um, get back early afternoon. Um, I'd go into work. I was, I was working one of those glorious telephone jobs, cold calling at the call center. <laughs> and I would work from seven to three. Um, and then uh, she would come home for just a few minutes. And then she would wait tables at night at TGI Fridays down in Provo. And so I kind of handled a lot of the home stuff while she did school and worked and, and then I worked in mornings and then she graduated that December 
2005 from Provo um, in marriage, family, and human development, um, having it, had an emphasis in psychology. And uh, um, then that, that December, um, between Christmas and New Year's, we moved to Rexburg and I started beauty school in January and uh, um, went through beauty school. Um, beauty school was not my first choice. Um, what kind of got you into beauty school? Uh, honestly, it was a it was a stepping stone mentality. Um, so uh, pre mission I, and and even post mission, I was I was dead set on electrical engineering. Mm-hmm. Um, really enjoyed it. I got some experience from childhood in Island Park and the do it yourself mentality, mm-hmm. and had a great mentor that that taught me a lot about it. And just was dead set on it, headed that way. Um, when I got on my mission, um, you know, our, our hearts change. And um, I, I just wanted to teach because it changes lives. And, uh, um, you know, during that time, it's a different way of changing lives which is super meaningful and special. Um, but to some degree, I wanted to be able to hang on to that my entire life. Right. And I uh, had, had no clue what I wanted to teach. Um, uh, I was still leaning towards uh, electrical engineering. And uh, um, basically the idea was I got married pretty quick, didn't have... Um, anything in life and nothing to offer a new bride and, uh, um, and I really struggled with that um, you know the the mentality of I'm the man I need to provide right uh, and, yeah, yeah, I know the struggle <laughs> yeah, yeah. and uh, um, you know there were countless times I had talked to my wife Miranda about that before we were even engaged or anything and, and just um, you know, she was really good for me in that, that we needed to figure things out together and I didn't need to have life completely planned out and ready to go to just invite her into my life. We needed to build a life together. And, uh, it took some time to overcome that, but, uh, um, she broke down my stubbornness and, and, uh, convinced me that was the best way. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I ended up here in cosmetology school because I knew I could get done in a year and then have a way better job while I went back and did university studies. Then I, I didn't want to be a, bur- a burger flipper, which it, it's great. It just wasn't for me. Right. Right. And there's a time and a place for all of that. I just didn't want to be. So was your wife there. working while you were doing cosmetology school? So she she went to work um, for a company down in Idaho Falls um, doing psychosocial rehab, PSR work. Mm-hmm. Um, that's since morphed a little bit and changed. Programs are similar, but she was working with uh, some pretty intense cases, schizophrenics, uh, um, people that just couldn't necessarily care for themselves, so her job was get them integrated into to life, right? 
Um, she'd take them out and shop with them. She'd make sure doctors were taken care of. She'd do different practices and things with them in order to kind of help them progress on it, on the goals that they had set, right? Um, so she did work there um, while I was doing beauty school. Um, and, and it was just not too long after I graduated beauty school, uh, we had our first child. So um, I graduated beauty school uh, January 2007, um, and our first child was born in March 2007. And uh, um, so at the time, I, well, during beauty school and I went out, graduated beauty school, went to work in a salon. Um, and then even after I worked in the salon and came back to do student teaching, I was also doing night shift at, at the gym here in town that's now Botify. So I was doing beauty school Tuesday through Saturday. At the time it was eight to five. Um, 5.30 to 11.30, I'd go close down the gym. Was it at the family um, school or the, here at Ibis? So I did go to school under my parents. Gotcha. So my mom and dad were my two main teachers. I had another amazing teacher um, by the name of Azel. Um, and, uh, um, you know, the, it, it was amazing and stressful all at the same time to be a student of my parents. Um, always felt like I needed to do everything to make sure, you know, the, the gift they gave me of my education didn't cost me anything because I was their child. Um, and I really felt strongly that I needed to make sure that I took advantage of every moment they gave me. Right. You know? And so, so they had, they had went and established this oh, resort, yeah. right? Okay. And then, so they ended up here in Rexburg, and then you go to school. Yeah, I kind of skipped that, didn't I? So, so, <laughs> so that's interesting. In two thousand five, we sold the resort. Okay. Um, to our our partner at the time, um, and and I believe this school kind of happened through miracles. Um, as as a family move, moving to Island Park, it was incredible. Um, I my three. Older sisters met their spouses in Island Park. Whoa. Two of the three worked for us. Another one was a local boy. Um, I met Miranda in Island Park. She was on vacation, and, and one of those vacation girls I thought was cute. <laughs> she was the one that stuck, right? And uh, so four of my parents' children met their spouses in Island Park. Um, and... Uh, uh, you know, financially for mom and dad, it was horrible. Um, growing experiences and, and learning for a family to be able to work with each other, um, to learn how to work. Right. Um, and, and to gain all the things that we gained. Um, that's what made Island Park worth it. I'd like to kind of dig into that a little bit because it sure. sounds like such a foundational experience for you. Oh, 100%. What would you say were some of the main lessons that you, you were learning during that time period um, in addition to what, what you already mentioned? Oh, you know, um, I mean, it, it, I think if I guess first of all, both sides of the coin as far as being the person in charge 
and being the person that had to take direction, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, uh, it wasn't always easy to take direction. Um, some, sometimes I had to bite my tongue. I felt like I had a better way, but I wasn't in charge. Um, uh, but at the same time, being willing and, and having enough knowledge that I felt confident enough to speak up in moments where I didn't feel like things were done correctly or things were going to move correctly. Um, you know, uh, the flip side of that is being the one that was in charge, I tended to be the younger one on the team, uh-huh. um, which came with its own difficulties. But, but, uh, your brothers are older than you. So I have three older sisters and a younger sister. Okay. But, but we ran 70 employees. Gotcha. So, so what tended to happen is each one of us children kind of got parceled out to different areas. Um, I had one sister that kind of oversaw the dinner theater. Um, so she cooked the meal for the dinner theater. She saw, oversaw the setup and, the daily maintenance there. I had another sister that oversaw the restaurant, um, or at least was engaged a little bit more there. Um, I, I had another sister that was engaged a little bit more in the office for the the cabins and the RV park, and then I just kind of ran all over with the maintenance teams and doing a lot of that stuff. Um, and then and then I kind of I was still young enough in a lot of cases that I kind of got spread everywhere. Right, um, so like Ryan, go get the yeah, go get the lights. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, I mean, with the lights and sound, watching the exact same show. There were two shows every summer, and watching that show for an entire summer and running lights and sound for it—that was that was brutal <laughs> every night. Um, but uh, you know, it it being on the flip side of it and thinking about the times when I was in charge of a project or or I needed to be making sure things were completed. Um, it was really interesting because being the younger person, usually, I mean, usually our employees were college students. Right. And, and what's this 16, 17, 18-year-old punk kid going to show me or teach me, right? And, and uh, I think that's where I started to learn The, the persuasion skill, right? Um, being able to compliment and stroke an ego and, um, you know, you, I do it every day in here. Um, and, and, and being able to hopefully make meaningful contact that guides people in the direction I would like them to move, but make it their decision. Yeah. Is that an okay way to say that? It's called teaching. Teaching. <laughs> and, and uh, um, you know, I think, I, I think I'm more compassionate to the people I'm over because of some of the situations I landed in as the person following there. Mm-hmm. But it taught me just enough about leading that... I feel like I do a pretty decent job, right? Um, and 
yeah, I mean, foundationally, every day is a learning experience. Um, In fact, I talked to my teachers, Alicia has been here. Um, What, I think she came to school 2008 or nine. Oh, she's not gonna answer. Um, <laughs> but somewhere in there, and and me as a teacher, I'm a very different teacher now than I was even then, just because we change and our, right. our hearts change and our methods change and the people we are change. So, uh, so I would like to touch on that with you. So, how yeah. have you seen yourself change over time, like as a teacher? Oh. And you mentioned, I mean, if you don't mind, um, as you know, as much as you'd like to go there, you're welcome sure. to. But you mentioned you used to kind of be angry at the world. Angry, or angry yeah. at life. Yeah. What was um, that like? And how, how did your experience change in that? You know, it's interesting because I, I, I don't remember why I was so angry. Um, I don't know, you know... It, it's interesting because I've, I've often thought back about that time and, and number one, I know I have control issues. I mean, I, that's one of the things that I continually work on, but being aware of it, I can work on it. Right. Um, and I think that anger probably came from that is that I didn't feel like I had control over my own life so much. Um, I felt like I was more at the mercy of a lot of other people to complete and do what they needed to do. And I just didn't feel like that always happened. Right. And I, even and I, re- I relate also. So you're talking to someone who relates to that feeling of like, yeah. you want things to be a certain way and then you have to be subject to how other people are. And it, it kind of results in feeling angry sometimes, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, I mean, when I, when I think about it with, other employees or people that I worked with in the community or, you know, even church stuff, you know, somebody didn't complete and, and it, it would destroy my day, right? Like, who, who are you to not feel like you have to do stuff, right? And, and you know, I kind of, even, even with students, you know, students... Sometimes listen, sometimes don't. And, and coming to this conclusion of we, it, it kind of the whole, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't force it to drink, or, yeah. right? Uh-huh. Um, I had to learn that probably a harder way than I should have, but, but it was my own stubbornness that kind of led me that way. And, um, you know, and I think it comes from a passion, uh, I mean, a very passionate person about a lot of things. Um, I'm. My wife always says, if I drank, I'd be an alcoholic, because <laughs> if I'm gonna do something, I'm gonna do it. All in. All in. <laughs> um, and and hobbies show that you know different things that I've done over the years, and my wife just shakes her head and loves me still, right? And I, um, I I think that's where a lot of the anger came from, though, is just not feeling like I was in control. But it's interesting because as I thought about it, I think I was missing key points in my life that I wasn't in control of what I could control. 
and it reflected on everyone else wasn't completing what they needed to complete. Um, so I looked at everybody else's faults first that then led me to anger, not realizing I had my own faults that were making me angry as well. And coming to this final conclusion of I can only control me and myself really changed me as a person. Um, forgetting, you know, the, the person that cuts you off in traffic, am I going to be angry all day? They don't even know half the time. And they're not angry at you all day. Why should they make my, bad, my day bad? I'm the only person that can control that day. Um, and that's a, you know, one simple scenario, but, you know, I have to tell the student the same thing four times in a row and they still haven't listened. I can choose to react or act. Right. And, and unfortunately, a lot of people react instead of take action. Um, that's powerful so what advice would you give someone um, and I really appreciate you talking openly about something that sure. that's been personal for you but, um, someone who also is struggling with um, being reactive to life like how would you how would you say to frame life um, or, or how, what advice would you give for them to make a paradigm shift in how they're they're seeing things I think you've got to determine what's truly important in life. Um, you know, uh, there, there, is, there is a set priority in life that, that I have come to this conclusion of that if, if it doesn't fit into these specific priorities or categories, then why am I worried about it? And, and I would, you know, the very top of my list is my family. And everything and anything that I do, if it does not take care of them, it doesn't mean anything. Um, my work, as much as I love my work, it's to take care of my family. And, and I love my students with all my heart, and they are part of my family. Um, they do become part of my family. Um, and God comes third in my priority list. Um, my church calling, if it gets in the way of my family, it comes second. Um, and... Um, those are my three main priorities in my life. Um, if it doesn't affect one of those for good or for bad, um, why am I so worried about it? Right. Makes sense. Um, well, just, we'll, we'll wrap up sure. with a few, few questions and feel free to talk as long as you have, um, on these but I'd, I'd just like to ask, um, just kind of rapid fire, um, what are some insights that you've gained um, about 
Um, I'm trying to think of which question would be best. Um, I did want to ask you this one. Um, I've kind of categorized it by teaching health, productivity, and purpose as for categories. But I want to ask you on health, what do you do to take care of your health? Kind of moving it back to like right now. Um, and have the energy and focus you need for your life. Or what advice would you give on that? I will tell you I am not real good at that. Um, in fact, I, I, this, is, this is one of the things I'm actually personally working on right now. I, I'm so busy and in a lot of ways I, I worry that I'm making myself that busy. Right? By, by the time we look at family, now we've already decided I'll do anything, and my time with family is the most important. Um, work and God, um, by the time I look at those three things, sometimes I feel like I don't have a whole lot of time left for me, which is kind of scary. Um, in a lot of ways, especially I'm, I'm a hundred percent an introvert and a lot of students and people would think I'm lying about that, but, but I, I need my alone time and that's what recharges me. I get that. Yeah. Um, in fact, that was one of the things it was really hard for my wife to see that cause she's exact opposite. She's an extrovert. So when she's with people, that's what charges her. Yeah, I guess the opposite. Yeah, really. Yeah, um, and you know, I'm I'm more than happy, and we, you know, we always switch in and out of those different times at different places in life. But, but I, I love sitting in my garage and working on my four wheeler. I I love going out and working on wood stuff. I I the downtime where I just don't have to think sometimes right kind of process and yeah just be... yeah and and uh so i i work hard on my you could call it your mental health before students come to school that's my sanity time <laughs> when i leave my home and i come to school and when i'm in here and the lights are off and the door is locked and I can just sit and be with my thoughts and I can study what I want to study, um, whether it be um, my investments or my scriptures or um, work on me. Those are my, my mental health moments. And, and uh, the physical health, we're still trying to figure out where that one lands. Um, I'm actually, I'm putting together a garage gym right now. That's cool. Hoping that that works out a little bit. That's awesome. Uh, um, but, uh, you know, I, I think sometimes we always chase this balance in life. Yeah. I don't believe in a perfect balance. I think at different times in life, different things will demand more from you. And then it's your choice whether you move that direction or not. But I think everything, whatever we choose to put our time in, 
those things will demand more and less time at different times in life. Um, sometimes we have to move that direction in order to make things happen. Um, sometimes my, my family needs me more. So I did not come to work two weeks ago so that I could spend time in the hospital with my wife and daughter. Um, that was a day I chose something that dominated my time. I did not have a perfect balance that day. Um, we just had Department of Education renewals and our accreditation renewal and our, our SAMS, Student Award Management System renewal and, and about eight other things that had to cross my desk and, and I got pulled heavy into work for a week and a half, two weeks, three weeks. Um, a couple, two, two thirty in the morning days here and that draws me right we always come back to a balance but i'm trying to figure out where physical health fits in that right now i actually heard an interesting study they did on cleaning ladies they asked them how much they exercise Mm. these ladies are on their feet all day you know and they and so half of them they sat them down with a presentation that said well, the kind of work that you're doing as cleaning ladies is actually considered exercise. Yeah. And and that same group of people, they changed nothing else. And then they tracked them like a little while later, like a few months later. And they were so much healthier than their counterparts that hadn't gotten that perspective oh. on what they were doing. So if so you believe... Maybe the mental factor plays a larger role in that too, huh? Yeah. And I think the fact that you're on your feet all day definitely is, is physical activity. I would agree. I sat in this chair a lot today. Though. <laughs> <laughs> um, last question for you is, is, what would you say is your message to the world and what's your message to the rising generation? Um, I guess for me, I've been such a, an advocate for you get what you earn. Um, there's there's a chart that I always look at, and and it goes from a cycle. So people people see something in life, and and based on what they see, they gain feelings and they feel something in life. Based on those feelings leads us to what we do in life and what we do in life leads us to what we get in life. Um, when we follow that back around, what we get leads us right back to what we see. Um, and we have this, I would call it sometimes a vicious cycle mm-hmm. that continually perpetuates itself and, and I would say one of the things that I have watched and learned and, and, and wish everyone could grasp is that there, there are a few lucky breaks in life, but lucky breaks are created. And, you know, unless dad's going to give you a couple million dollars what are you, you gotta create your own. And, and when you talk about, if you ever want to be successful, you've gotta figure out how to create success within that loop. 
Um, if you continually see negative, you will always get negative. Um, people that are successful are successful because they see success and they continue to perpetuate success. People that are negative see negative and they continue to perform and get negative. What was that cycle again? You said, so it's what you... What you see creates feelings. Okay. For what you feel is what you do. What you do is what you get. What you get leads you back to what you see. And, and I believe that if, if anyone wants to change where they're at in life, no matter what it is, me as an angry person, um, someone wants to be more successful in a career, um, more successful in a relationship, in a marriage, um, more successful with your children, um, you need to learn to see differently. And, and I think that leads back to kind of what I thought in, in, I was looking at everybody else as a negative instead of myself. And, and when we talk about this anger issue that I had, um, I was seeing something that didn't matter when I had to focus on something else, me, and what I could change. And when I started looking at that, I could change the rest of the entire cycle. Um, somebody that wants more money, you got to develop a different C, a different vision. Right. That people look, that's a term a lot of people use, it's a vision, right? That's my C, right? And it, we're, we're all capable of more than we know. We just have to go for it. It goes back to your actions. It goes back to your actions. In fact, I, I was talking to someone not too long ago, and um, have you ever heard of The Secret? Oh, yeah. I've heard okay. of that one. So, so The Secret's amazing. The idea of, you know, think positive and positive things happen. I believe they missed out on the action part, though. If, if, if you just think positive thoughts all the time, yeah, some good things will happen in life because you're a positive person. But, but do you grow and achieve the next level, I, I don't think it's possible without action. So the do is missing. How do you study um, Stephen Covey's seven, seven habits? I haven't, I, I actually, I, I bought it and I've got the eighth habit up here on my shelf. <laughs> oh, okay, gotcha. So, That's in so fact, cool. I might've actually taken it home. Oh, and you have willpower is not enough. We have that one too. Yeah. Well. The reason I like that book, one is because I'm reading it in my class. It's um, he studied the past 200 years of success literature, so he kind of oh, made really? like a compendium of the seven habits that all these books talk about. Okay. And so I, I like books like that that summarize yeah. and simplify and stuff. But yeah. that was that was one other question. If you don't mind asking a follow up question, is what sorts of influences or books or resources have affected you? Um, that have kind of informed how you live your life. I know you mentioned your parents and stuff. Are there any yeah, books? Yeah, I mean, or I anything? will say number one, it, my mom and dad have influenced me more than anything else. Um, I, I had the opportunity as a as a young teenager to work every day with my dad, and then 
obviously here in the school as I became an instructor um, and then eventually a partner and finally buying him out. But, but uh, I mean, him and his influence over me, I would say has influenced me the very most in my life. Um, when I think about other influences in my life, honestly, I don't think about any literature at all. I think about the relationships in my life and the people that have, even for short, small moments, been a mentor. Um, because I, I believe there's a difference between somebody that teaches you or just shares information and somebody that mentors. Right. Um, I think teachers sometimes are just hired and they just share information. Um, I think a mentor cares about you and and I think that's a large difference in that sharing of information um, not that a teacher can't care for you but I, I believe it's deeper um, I think about some of my church leaders in fact uh, my accountant that I was just at he he has been in my state presidency both as a counselor and my state president since I got home off my mission until last December and uh, um, I don't remember a lot but I was just over there and he just told me that he remembered when I reported from my mission back in 2005 so 17 years ago he said I still remember what you talked about you know and and uh, I don't you know I think about I think about it often actually that there's a few key people in my life that I need to sit down and write some letters to that I don't think they realize how much they influenced me. Um, an old bishop that called me as a ward clerk at 23 years old that I had no clue what was going on and he just loved me, you know. Um, from the brink of inactivity and didn't want anything to do with the church and and he changed my life um, people help make me it's beautiful um, any last comments anything else you'd like to share um and also, I'd like to mention, I'd like to give you a copy of this um, for yourself, for your family as well. So sure. if you have anything you'd like to share in that regard. No, I mean, I, I wouldn't be anywhere I am without the support of my sweetheart. And um, not every day is easy. Um, but every day is worth it. And every day I choose her. And, and her support and her confidence in me um, has made it possible for me to achieve the goals and dreams that I've had. Um, without her, there's no way we would be as successful as we are. And, and that was not easy. The last 17 years of marriage, we've gone through hell and back, and back to hell and back 
<laughs> you know, and and uh, um, uh, watching her do such an amazing job at home with my beautiful children allows me to be able to grow myself and family's everything um, it all starts and it all ends with family that's Anything I can talk about, it always leads back to family. Thank you. That's powerful. I really appreciate everything you shared. And it's powerful for me to see you and also to have heard your story and see where you've come from. Um, and I think also it's, it's powerful for an individual to reflect back on their own life because it kind of lines you up with the principles that have made you as yeah. Well. So thank you so much. Really no, appreciate thanks that. Thanks for the opportunity. This